Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God's good to us. Amen, 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 amen. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Father. Oh, Lord, this morning we just lift these seeds up to you. We thank you that in your word you consider them precious seed. And as your under-shepherd today, we just give you the praise and the glory for what has been sown. And we thank you and we call for a uh, quick, speedy, expedited harvest on the seed sown. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. God bless you. I, uh, there are some things the Lord uh, has been telling us to do, and, and some of them can seem, you know, really simple. Uh, but uh, the Lord be- told me to begin to declare some things over our city. And uh, one of the things that he told us to begin to declare over our cities is that Jesus is Lord. And so this is out in front of the church there in Little Rock uh, this morning. We had these signs made up. And so we've got volunteers out that are just, as the cars drive by, they're just seeing Jesus is Lord over Little Rock, all right? Uh, now, we all, uh, there's, uh, uh, going, going the other way, that's Brother Chris Conister there, they're going the other way, uh, but G, uh, the Lord told us to begin to declare that Jesus is Lord over our cities. And so uh, we also have signs made up that say Jesus is Lord over DeSoto, amen, hallelujah. And uh, they're right there. Brother Ron's got, Pastor Ron's got one right there. And uh, so we're just, if you would like to volunteer uh, to be a part of that ministry on Sunday mornings, uh, we'll be stationing you at different places so that we can be declaring that Jesus is Lord over our cities. Amen. And uh, God's good to us. Let's go to John 17 today. And I want to keep looking at this that we, uh, we started a couple Sundays ago, the knowledge of the truth. The knowledge of the truth. And um, John 17, 17 is the verse that revolutionized my life. Because it says in John 17, Jesus is praying for his disciples and praying for us as well. And he says concerning us and them to the Father, sanctify them through your truth. And then he makes this statement, your word is is truth. Your word is truth. Say that out loud. The word is truth. Tell your neighbor, the word is truth. All right? See, this, this is so important because how you view something determines what you receive from it. The word is not about truth. It is truth. It doesn't just contain truth. It is truth. And the word truth means this. What is true in any matter under consideration? What is true in any matter under consideration? So ever what you may be considering, the word is truth regarding that. We we talked about the word on finances. Well, think about this. If that's truth, then I won't fear when heat comes. I won't be full of care in a time of trouble or a year of restraint because my trust is in the Lord. 
That's truth. That settles the issue. Right? And then I conform my mind to the truth. Right? I've had people before they would come for, to me for counseling, and they would say, well, Pastor, what do you think? And I'd reach over and get my Bible, and I'd say, I don't know, let me see. What do I think? Because it's not what I think that's going to change the circumstance. What does the Word say? That changes the circumstance. Now, that seems elementary, but the, the issue is we talked about this a couple of Sundays ago. There, there are people that are always wanting something besides the Word. The Bible in the book of Ephesians calls the written Word of God, all right, the, 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 the logos, the written Word of God. It is the loin belt. It's what keeps everything together, right? It's what, it's what you hold your shield, hook your shield of faith on. It's what prayer is based on. It's where you find out about your righteousness. It's, it's all, it holds everything together. And it's right in the middle of the man. Right? Well, here's the thing about a belt. Everybody's got a belt. And you don't go around showing it off. Yeah, boy, look at my belt. Whew. Right? So you might have a belt on this morning and we don't even know it. But guess what? We'll know if you don't. Right? We'll know. I was standing, the, the church pastor Michelle and I were attending when we got married. Uh, I, uh, it was a night that we weren't having any, any music or anything, so I didn't have to, to play or, or sing. And uh, we were just enjoying the service. And the pastor asked everybody to stand up and lift their hands and praise the Lord. And there was a dear brother standing in front of us. And as he stood up and lifted his hands, his pants fell down. He had no belt. You say, what did you do? I laughed my head off. <laughs> did he hear you? Yes, he heard me. But here, here's the point. We knew he didn't have a belt. Is that right? The truth is what keeps everything together. The, the truth is what keeps everything secure. And when I have truth, I have solidity. I have security. I have a foundation. Because I, I have the truth. It's, it's not our opinion of the word that's truth. The word is truth, and that should form my opinion. Hallelujah. I've had people say, well, you know, in your opinion, is it God's will to heal every time? That's irrelevant. In the opinion of the Word, it's God's will to heal every time. Amen. You make every decision based on what the Word says. That, that makes your decision. Yeah, but I knew so-and-so, and they didn't get healed. Listen, experience is not truth. The Word is truth. Right? Well, I knew so-and-so, and they were standing on the Word, and they, they didn't receive. You don't know the person that stood on the Word and not received. That person doesn't exist. That person doesn't exist. Why? Because the Bible says that when you stand on the Word, you will be like that man that built his house on the rock, and the floods came, and the wind blew, and the storm raged, but the house stood firm. 
Do, do you see that? Ne- never be afraid to make those kind of statements. Hallelujah. I, 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 I knew a minister one time. I, well, I, I say I knew him. I do know him. I still know him. And uh, uh, a loved one, matter of fact, his wife uh, passed away, got sick and passed away. Now, you know that happens. And, and there's no shame there. But here was the thing. Well, I was speaking 101 healing scriptures over her every day. Yeah? And? What did they believe? You can be speaking healing scriptures over someone that doesn't believe anything. Is that right? You hear what I'm saying? Does that mean it's not God's will to heal? No, you go to the truth for what God's will is. Ask Oral Roberts one time, said, what are you going to do if the next person you lay hands on dies? He said, I'm going to say, next. That, that's not being callous. It's saying that, that doesn't change what the Word says. There are people in your families, people in your lives that, have, that, that struggle, that, that, that don't have what they need. The, the things in their lives are not where God wants them to be. And somehow or another, they they lay it off on God. What does the truth say? That's the foundation. Amen. That forms our opinion. Look at John chapter 8. John chapter 8. I told my wife one time, I said, uh, this can seem a little elementary. She said, Philip, it sounds safe to me. Hallelujah. That's what you want. You want safety. You know, why, why, do you, uh, why do you take a child to swimming lessons? Now, people say, to learn how to swim. No, to be safe around water. Would that be right? Child doesn't know how to swim. They're not safe around water. So you're, you're doing it for safety. Why do, we, why do we look at these things from the Word and not just go over them once, or twice, but over and over and over and over, safety. The more knowledge of the truth I have, the safer I am. I can't be, you can't be moved when you have the knowledge of the truth. Once you know the truth, that's it. Amen? John 8, verse 30. And as he, Jesus, spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. Now, this is important because very often we take the the next couple verses and take them out of their setting. The Bible says that while Jesus was teaching, that a number of people believed on him. And then he said to those that believed on him, isn't it interesting that it wasn't enough for Jesus just, oh, they believe on me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. No, he went on and he said, now I've got to explain something to you. He said to those Jews that believed on him, if you continue. Now, what type of word is if? That would be a qualifier. Is that correct? If. What does that mean? If you do this, this is what will happen. But what's the other side? If you don't, this is what will happen. If I told you, uh, uh, if uh, everybody in here tonight Today, if you'll meet me at the back door, I'm passing out $100 bills. 
right? Yeah, you'd be waiting, right? If you meet me at the back door, well, what if you slip out before I'm done? What if you don't show up? And then you come back there and I'm gone. He didn't give me a $100 bill. If, if you continue in my word, then, then, the then follows the if. If you do this, then you will be my disciples indeed. Is that right? And, now notice, after you continue in the truth, after you're a disciple, a, a, a disciplined one, one that believes, you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Is that what it says? If you continue in my word, if you dwell, the word is to dwell or to abide in my word. The word has to be your habitation. The word has to be your dwelling. The truth. If you continue, if you dwell, if you abide in my word. One translation says, if you live in my word. If you live in my word. Knowing what the Word says is no indication that you live in it. Here's why. Because there, there are people that know where you live, but they don't live there. That's your dwelling, not their dwelling. There are people you know and I know that the Word is their dwelling. That's where they abide. That's why it always works. And then there are people you know and I know that's not where they live. The Word is not their opinion maker or their decision maker. It's just they know the truth, they have knowledge of the truth, but they're not dwelling there, abiding there. The Word works for the one that lives there. Say that out loud. The Word works for the man that lives in it. Amen. The Amplified Bible says, Hold fast to my teaching." Hold fast to my teaching. If you abide in my word and hold fast to my teachings and live in accordance with them, you are truly my disciples. Do you see that? So what's the key here? Holding fast to it. Holding fast to it. These people believed on Jesus but now there's a staying with the Word that's required. Right? Once you believe something, now you got to stay with it. Right? For instance, when you hear the Word on finances, tithing, giving, sowing, reaping, you heard it, you believe it, now you got to stay with it. Right? Hallelujah. Over the last 24 years, I can't tell you how many pastors I've seen get a hold of the Word of Faith and work it for a while, and now they're so far away from it, you can't even recognize them. Hallelujah. I was raised in West Texas, bless its holy name. And in West Texas, we have a saying, you dance with the one what brung you. Now, that's horrible English, and I understand. 
But here's the point. That means if you brought a girl to the dance, you take the girl home. And you don't show up at the dance and leave her on the sideline. Now, we don't go to dances other than the Holy Ghost hops now. But, but the point is, where you started is where you should finish. If you started with the Word, stay with the Word. Right? If, if this is what changed your life, it's what's going to keep your life changed. If this is what delivered you financially, it's what will keep you delivered financially. Are you with me? Then you got to, there's a staying with the Word. That's, that, that is required. I got to stay with it. Hallelujah. If you continue in the Word, what will happen? You'll know the truth. And the truth you notice, the truth you know, not the truth you heard, the truth you know will make you free. Right? Yeah, but pastor, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's exactly right. That is the method that faith comes by. It didn't say it came on the first hearing. But the, the, the tense in the Greek there is a continual hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. It might have been the fourth hearing that faith showed up. It might have been the second hearing. might have been the first hearing. But faith comes by hearing and hearing. It's the same word here, continue. If you continue in my word, you continue in my word, you continue in my word. And the result of continuing in my word will be knowing the truth. And the truth will make you free. Is that right? Jesus is saying, you believed on me, but now in order to really be free, you got to stay with my word. Believing was the first step. Remember when you got born again and you got saved? There were a lot of things that just seemed to just go away immediately. Nobody? No, that didn't happen to anybody? Yeah, it did. Right? You might have been a cusser before you got saved and and, and when you got born again, the cusser got cut out. Amen. Or whatever it was. But when you got born again, some things just went away. There were some things you had to stay in the Word. When you got born again, you didn't immediately believe you were righteous. You had to stay in the Word and learn that you were righteous. But now you know you're righteous. I don't think I'm righteous. I know I am. Right? Why? Because I've stayed with the Word. How about this? I don't think I'm holy. I know I'm holy. I know I'm set apart. Hallelujah. Why? Because I've stayed with the Word. I don't think I'm more than a conqueror. I know I'm more than a conqueror. Why? I've stayed with the Word. You've stayed with the Word. When you come up against a situation, the first thing that comes to your mind is no weapon formed against me will prosper. That's the first thing that comes up. Why? You've stayed with the Word. And you know it, and you're free. Isn't it good to be free from a lot of the binding thoughts and life patterns that people that don't know the Word are bound by? It's so good to get up every morning and just be free. Hallelujah. 
good to lay down tonight knowing I'm free. No more chains, no more bondage. Amen? By continuing in the Word. All the way, you can read this, all the way to the end of this chapter, Jesus is teaching the Word. And here's what you will see. And the Jews that believed on Him are arguing with the Word. All the way to the end of this chapter. Chapter, all the way to verse 59 of chapter 8. They're arguing with the Word. He said in verse 32, you'll know the truth. The truth will make you free. They said, we're Abraham's seed. We're never in bondage to anybody. How are you saying we'll be free? Arguing with the Word. What did Jesus say? You continue in my Word. You'll be my disciples. You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. What should they say? Praise God, we're going to be free. But what they say? Ah, we're Abraham's seed. We've never been in bondage. What do you mean we'll be made free? Right? Oh, hallelujah. All the way through, verse 39. They answered and said, or uh, verse 37. I know you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak that which I've seen with my father, and you do that which you've seen with your father. They answered and said, Abraham's our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Everything that he said, they're arguing with. Right? Oh, hallelujah. You have to determine right now that you will only agree with the Word. If it's in the Word, I agree. Well, here's my opinion. Could care less about your opinion. Opinions don't save people, set people free, deliver people. Opinions bind people. Amen. I've taught over the years, I've taught more substance abuse classes, more freedom classes, overcomers classes than I can count. Until I, thousands of them, multiplied thousands of them. And I will sit there and take people to the Word and show them what the Word says. And somebody will always come up with an excuse why that won't work for them. You, you all have heard Steve's testimony personally. He's told it, so I'm not telling anything. He doesn't tell any, wouldn't tell anybody. Uh, uh, bound by meth and cocaine and, and all that till, till he was in his see, 40s, right? 48 years of age. Hallelujah. Got, got put in jail, put in the Johnson County Adult Detention Center where our, our Bible study and substance abuse program was. And he signed up for the program just to get out of his room. But they said, do you want to go today? And he's sitting down there in the cafeteria. And uh, uh, old brother Larry Rutherford, chaplain up there, I don't even know if he's still living. Good Baptist man. He told me one day, he said, Philip, I see the results you're getting here. He says, what you teach works. He said, uh, you're never going to convince me on those tongues. But he said, what you teach from the Word works. And I said, well, brother, I I'm not going to try to convince you on them tongues. Let's just keep getting, the, getting people saved. Amen. And uh, Steve was sitting down there, and, and Brother Larry came in. And Steve said, you got something for me? And he said, boy, do I have something for you. And he sat down and shared the Word with him. And Steve got saved right there that day. Amen. Man, y'all see Steve Pitnick today? He, he had hair down the middle of his back, had a beard down to his belt just about. And he would come and sit at the front of that class and just cry. 
just cry because the Lord was changing him. There'd be puddles, literally puddles of tears on that table. I used to tell him, Steve, you got, you're going to have to go to the back or something. You're tearing me up. Now, I was joking. Don't think I was being mean to him. It wasn't the case. And he came to me one day. Everybody else would be back in the corner talking about nothing. Steve would come talk to me. He said, where do I start in the Word? I've never read the Bible. Where do I start? I said, you st and I'm making a point out of this. I said, you start in the book of John. It'll tell you how much Jesus loves you. And he started reading in the book of John. And you know, he'd done so much meth and, and messed his, his life up so much, his days and nights were mixed up. So he's staying up all night and sleeping all day. Hmm. But one night he was praying. Just didn't even know how to pray. Was just asking the Lord, Lord, if you can use me, if you can change my life. Now you can ask him about this. He said a light filled that room. And he felt somebody standing behind him. And he heard these words, Stevie, Stevie, it's all going to be okay. Hallelujah. He got filled with the Holy Ghost without anybody laying hands on him. But here's my point. I look back there tonight, today, and here's him in Maryland. Still here. Still free. Still healed. Hallelujah. Why? Stayed with the Word. Stayed with the Word. The, the doctor came to him one time and said, you have uh, uh, hepatitis C, is that right? You've killed your liver. All that drug use has destroyed your liver. I mean, there's nothing that can be done. Steve came, we prayed. Lord, show us favor. Show us your power in this situation. Went back to the doctor, and the doctor said, Steve, he said, there is a treatment, and you don't qualify for it, and it's real expensive. Is that what he said? And he said, but we're going to do it for you anyway. For nothing. I saw the doctor's report. It says Steve Pitnick is cured of hepatitis C. Glory to God. Can, but here's my point. What did he keep going back to? The Word. Came in one day with a heart monitor. Had been having heart pains and heart chest, heart, uh, chest problems and, and heartbeat not right. Amen. I like how Steve does. He just comes in and says, they gave me this thing. I said, well, what is that thing? Well, it's a heart monitor, and this is what they said. And then he looked at me and said, but I don't believe that, and I just want you to agree with me. All right, I agree in Jesus' name. Went back to the doctor and had to wear that all week. Went back to the doctor and the doctor said, your heart's fine. Everything's great. I don't know what changed, but something changed. You're fine. Just keep going back to the Word. Boy, that's exciting. Isn't that exciting? I look around this room and I, and I see all the people. I see, I see different ones in here. That where you were when you started with the Word is not where you are today. But you've just stayed with the Word and you know the truth and the truth keeps you free. Whew. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Daryl Pennington, I'm going to tell on you, Daryl. Daryl Pennington was out smoking dope with his cousin. And his cousin said, hey, I know about this church 
in DeSoto. Let's go to that church. And Daryl's thinking, man, we've just been smoking dope. We're going to go to church. But the cousin brought him to church. That man, his cousin had really been touched in the church and brought him to church. And Daryl felt the power of God and felt the presence of God. And you know, his cousin backslid and went away from the church. Daryl just stayed with the truth. I said, Daryl just stayed with the truth. Amen. And, and when his daughter was born, she was born with sickle cell anemia. And you know, that's not supposed to be curable. Right? But they brought little Ivy up and we laid hands on her and prayed the prayer of faith over her. And listen, this is documented. This is not something I'm saying we heard. It is documented that she had it and doesn't have it now. And she's what, 19 years of age now. And when the, the nurses go over her records, they say, well, it says here that you have sickle cell anemia. And, and, and Ivy said, well, I don't have that no more. And they'll say, let's take it off your record. She said, no, leave it there because it's a testimony that God did for me what they said couldn't be done. If you just keep going back to the Word, this is what the Word says. Hallelujah. Glory. When he had that massive heart attack and they said, there's nothing we can do. He went back to the Word. And God, God took care of that. And then when the doctor on the case messed it up and could have done irreparable damage to his body, we went back to the Word and God fixed it. Every time when there was a situation, I'd get a call. Pastor, this is Daryl. Yes, sir. This is what they said. But, Pastor, these are the verses I'm standing on. I want you to agree with me. I'm not just bragging on people. I'm saying we've raised up a culture that says we're just going to go back to the Word. What does the Word say? That's what we're going to believe. You just got to continue in that. When the challenges come, you just stay with the Word. Amen. Isn't that good news? And, and, and I could talk about person after person after person after person that's just stayed. There are people in the sound of my voice right now. You are facing situations and circumstances, and you listen, you've just got to stay with the Word because it will always work. Amen. Yeah, but the pressure's really on right now. I know you're about to have a victory. You're, you're about to see an overwhelming victory. The devil's about to lose. Hallelujah. Don't you know that's how he tries to operate? He tries to come in like a flood. The Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, like a flood, well, how does a flood come in? Quick, fast, tries to overwhelm you. But it says even when he tries to do that, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Hallelujah. You stay with that. The enemy wants to try to overwhelm you. You, you understand? He doesn't just pick at you. He tries to overwhelm you. Here's why. Am, am I helping you with this? The enemy knows that he cannot stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with you for very long. He can't. He's not built for that. Now, he's, he's patient to come back at you 
with the same thing over and over again, but he tries to overwhelm you. That's why he brings thoughts like this. It'll never work. It's over now. Well, what's he trying to get you to do? Agree with that and establish it in your life. And the moment a person says, yeah, it's over, nothing I can do, boom, it's over. He, the devil has to get you to do his work for him. He presents the thought, but if you won't give place to it and you won't give a voice to it, it'll never come to pass. It'll never come to pass. Yeah, but you know, I got this diagnosis and they said I'm going to die. And what you should have said was I will not die, but I will live. Is that right? Because, listen, who, <laughs> who's in charge of life or death? And people will say, God, mm-mm. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Who's the establishing witness? Me. Right? So if I get a report that says, well, you got six months to live, and I say, with long life, God will satisfy me. Six months in long life. Amen. With long life, God. What am I establishing? Long life. Why do I establish? I know the truth. Isn't that good news? Yeah, but my children are acting like fools. Yeah, but they're not fools. The Bible says great will be the peace of your children. And all your children will be taught of the Lord. See, you don't, don't establish that other garbage. Amen. Uh, you know, Pastor, my, my children just, just don't respect me. Listen, I know how you can feel that way, but what do you want? You want long life, good life for your children. And so you're speaking over them that your children honor you and respect you, and it will be well with them, and their days will be long upon the earth. Because you're choosing what you want established to you. Is that right? Amen. Say it out loud. I believe the Word. I know the Word. The Word makes me free. Mm. Hallelujah. Yeah, but nothing's changing. The Word says it is changing. Right now, is the Word working mightily in you, for you, with you right now? Oh, yeah, the Lord is working with you right now because you believe the Word. Isn't that right? What's Isaiah say? It says when everything is trying to come against you, it says this. It says you should stand up and say, Who is my adversary? Where is he? Let him come near to me. Come on. Right? Because he has made me a new sharp threshing instrument having teeth. And I will break down the chaff. I will break down the hills that are trying to stand against me. You know what the scripture says? Glory to God. Because I know the truth. Whew, glory. So, this, so we always and only agree with the word. This is what the word says. Amen. See, there's a difference between being a word person and being a person that knows the Word. Amen. A Word person lives by the Word. A person that just knows the Word or, or just, just knows what the Word says, it's iffy. This is the answer. 
to everything. That's why you keep speaking the answer. Right? Hallelujah. Yeah, my children are in bondage. My children are bound up. Isaiah chapter 49 says that God will contend with them that contend with you, and He will save your children. Amen. So right now, you got the pledge of the King. Do you have a covenant with the king? Yes. Right? right? How, how many weeks have we taught on that? Do you have a covenant with the king? Yes. You do. Can the king lie? No. Will the king lie? No. Does the king lie? No. Can he change? No. Will he change? No. Does he change? No. Then right now he's contending with those that are contending with you and he will save your children. Right now. Right now. Right now. Hallelujah. That's the truth. That's the truth. I say that's the truth. Oh, glory be to God. Now, uh, right here in uh, verse 43 of John 8. He said... Uh, why do you not understand my speech? And then he says, why? Because you cannot hear my word. Hmm. In other words, they had no desire to know the truth. They could not hear because they didn't want to hear the truth. You can't hear my word. One translation says, it is because you cannot bear to listen to my message. In other words, it's a bit challenging. There are, th there are things you've got to change. There are things you've got to do differently. Right? And he says, you can't bear to listen to that. The problem that a lot of people have, what we call the faith message, is you've got to stand against not only the situation, you've got to stand against what you feel about the situation. You've got to stand against fear, you got to stand against unbelief. You have to do that. Oh, glory to God. Right? You got to watch what you say. I had a pastor friend of mine tell me, Isn't that legalism? I said, What do you mean? He said, Having to watch what you say. I said, No, it's freedom. I'm, I'm free from all of that bondage because I watch what I say. That's part of giving no place to the devil. See, you can't talk the what if and not expect the what if to show up. Well, what if they do this? Well, what if they do? What you do doesn't change. Well, what if they change their mind? What if they do? What you do doesn't change. Amen. Is that right? I, I remember one time uh, as a, just a, young, a young, young, younger man. I'm still a young man. Younger. I was younger, Kevin. Younger. Uh, me and Kevin's still young. Hey, yes, sir. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Kevin. Kevin, cool breeze, Cairo. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Anyway, <laughs> just the way you laugh now. <laughs> but uh, 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 we went to uh, a summer camp every year. The church we went to had a summer camp, youth camp, Camp Billy Joe out in Oklahoma. God bless it. And uh, so we, we'd come back, and, and, you know, everybody's all fired up, uh, you know, coming back from summer camp and whatnot. And, and you, know, you, know, you know how, how, how teenagers can be. But we got back, man, we just wanted to go burn a barn for Jesus and do something for the Lord. And I had a friend of mine that uh, 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 he, uh, he, he was fired up too, but uh, he got invited to a dance. And uh, now I'm not, I'm not a, a legalistic person or, or things of that nature. You, you understand what I mean when I say this. And uh, uh, my point is, is uh, he said, well, I, I'm not going to go witness with y'all tonight. I'm, I'm going to go to the dance and witness. And I just kind of looked at him, and I thought, well, number one, I know you're not going to witness. You're going to dance. And that's fine. I mean, in the sense of I'm not your dad, right? But here's my point. What he was going to do didn't change what I was going to do. At some point, you got to make the decision. What they do doesn't change what I do. What they believe doesn't change what I believe. Is that right? I've been told all these years, I've been, been believing in uh, 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 the Word of Faith and, and, and believing what the Word says. I can't tell you how many times I've been told, you can't have what you say. Hmm. Okay. I didn't stop saying it because I can have what I say. Jesus said, as a matter of fact, that I will have everything I say. And you run into somebody like that, you can't have what you say, but yet they're having everything they say. I'm sick, I'm old, I'm falling apart, nothing's going right, everything's going wrong, nobody likes me, everybody hates me. And it's just going that exact same way. They'll, they'll come up, Brother Pastor, Brother Steele, pray for my child. My child's just trying to go to hell with everything they're worth. My child is just out there running from God. My child just doesn't love God. Wonder why. They're having what they say. That boy will be the death of me yet. Hallelujah. You, you understand? Are they having what they're saying? So is, does the truth say you'll have what you say? Does the truth say that the power of life and death is in your mouth? Is that what it says? So that means that that, that, that word uh, power is the hand. The hand. The hand of life or death is in the, the, is in the tongue. It means it's the directionary force. And so my words are directing me to life or directing me to death. They're bringing life or they're bringing death. Period. No, no in between. Is that what the truth says? Don't let anybody change you from that. Ever what they're saying. Well, you know, I just want to be honest. How can you be honest speaking contrary to the truth? It is not an honest statement. It is not an honest statement for someone to say, I'm sick and dying when the Bible says that you're healed and living. Amen. You got to decide what you deem is honest. Amen. 
Well, I'm just being realistic. Your reality needs to change, my brother, sister. This needs to become our reality. It's not denial. It's this is reality. When the doctor says, you've got this. Well, you can't go, you can't just say, nope, don't receive that. I don't receive that. I don't receive that. I don't have that. Yes, you do. It's there. I can see it. Right? What do I say? Thank you. I'm the healed of the Lord. Is that right? Jesus bore my sicknesses and carried my pain. And with his stripes, I am healed. And Peter says, with his stripes, I was healed. And if I am and if I was, then I are. I'm healed. Right? Because God said, I am the Lord that heals you. He told Moses in Exodus chapter 3, he said, you tell the children of Israel that the I am sent you. What God was, God is. And what God is, He will eternally be. And what God eternally is, is what He's always been. And so if God was then, God is now, and God will be tomorrow. If God healed you and healed you and healed you, God will heal me, God will heal you, God will deliver you and set you free by the power of God because God doesn't change. He's no respecter of persons. He doesn't do for you and won't do for me. Glory to God. Do, do you see that? Don't let anything change what you believe. I'll have what I say. Oh, glory. John 8, 59. Then, <laughs> remember they just believed on him a few verses earlier. Then they took up stones to cast at him. <laughs> We believe in you. Then he preached a little longer, and they said, now we're going to kill you. Jesus hid himself, went out of the temple, going through the midst of them and passed by. Understand that the truth must be completely accepted or completely rejected. When truth is rejected, well, let me say it this way. If the truth is accepted, the result is freedom. If it's rejected, the result is more darkness, greater bondage. Has to be completely accepted or completely rejected. You don't sort of believe. I've had people talk about things that we believe, and they say, well, I sort of believe that way. Then that means sort of believing is just the same as not believing. It's like I've had people come up to me, and, you know, they, they'd be getting real close and, and, and doing things that married folks should do, but they're not married. They said, well, we're almost married. And I said, yeah, that's just exactly the same as not being. Amen. I sort of like you. That means you don't. <laughs> right? You don't sort of believe. Well, I almost believe what you believe. Then that means you don't. Right? When I was a boy growing up, we'd have to go out in the pasture and a uh, different place and count cattle. Had to, had to know what we had, you know. And uh, so we, 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 we'd find them there at the water, water hole, the windmill or whatever, 
and, and, and ride through them, maybe horseback or maybe in a pickup, and, and, count, and count the cattle. And if we found ever how many and it wasn't enough, then there needs to be some more cattle here. We go count them and find the other ones. And, and you know, and here's the thing. I, you'd run into people, and there, there were supposed to be 152 head in that, in that pasture. And they'd say, well, you know, I, I, I counted 150. So it's almost right. Uh, the owner of these cattle is not okay with almost right. He's supposed to have 152 head, and we don't have any dead loss. We didn't find two dead calves. So that means that there's two more calves here, or you missed counted. It's not almost. If you are almost right, you're wrong. Right? If you almost believe, you don't believe. When, when Paul stood before Agrippa, before the king, what did Agrippa say? Almost, Paul. You persuade me to believe. Almost. In other words, he didn't believe. Well, I watch my words most of the time, and that means you don't watch your words. If you watch your words, you watch them all the time. There's no part-time believers. Uh, how many days are faith days? Every day is a... Every day is a what? So you get up every day and you're using your faith. Is that right? Oh, glory. When truth is accepted, more light comes. When truth is rejected, the result is more darkness. When truth is rejected, it's easy to be deceived. People who know the truth are rarely deceived. Rarely deceived. Look at John chapter 3 and verse 21. Am I helping you? Are you in a big hurry? Okay. Somebody said no, so I'm going to go with you. I believe you'll have what you say. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, I, I laugh, Brother Copeland, he has that little clock, and he sets it, you know, every time before he preaches, and you'll hear it going off, and he never stops when it goes off. And people said, well, he never stops when it goes off. Well, you misunderstand. He's not knowing should he stop. It's he's making sure that he gives you enough. So we want to make sure you get enough. John 3, 21. He, John, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and notice what he says. He that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Is that right? Nicodemus desired truth. Everything that Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 challenged his theology. But Nicodemus didn't argue with Jesus. He asked questions, but he never argued. Remember, Jesus said, you must be born again. And Nicodemus said, my Lord, how can a man be born again when he's old? Can he enter into his mother's womb the second time? Notice what he didn't say. Well, I don't believe that. I don't know about all that born again business. He said, how's that possible? Right? 
When God comes to you and says, I'm going to do this for you, if you can't believe it, don't say that. Just say, Lord, how's that going to be able to happen? You, you, you understand? Don't ever say, I can't believe that when God says something. When, when he came to Mary, you remember Mary, the, mother, the natural mother of Jesus? And Mary was a, a what? She was a virgin. She had never, never been intimate with a man, was not married. And the angel Gabriel came to her and said, you're going to have a son. And what'd she say? How can this thing be? Seeing I've never known a man. Right? But she did, just didn't reject it. Oh, that's impossible. She said, I know it's impossible. How can it be? And he told her how it would be. And what'd she say? Be it unto me. Amen. Amen. Say it out loud. Be it unto me. Yeah. According to the word. Yeah, but Pastor, a lot of things would have to happen for that to happen. Well, if God said it's going to happen, then all the things that have to happen will happen. Be it unto me according to your word. Nicodemus did not argue with Jesus. Jesus said, notice, the man who does truth keeps coming to the light. This man lives the truth. And he keeps putting the truth into practice. And he's able to do this. Why? Because he keeps coming to the light. If you move farther and farther and farther and farther away from the light, what are you coming to? Darkness. You got to stay with the light. Is that right? One translation says, the man who loves, who, or excuse me, who lives the truth. Another says, he who practices the truth. So we compare our lives to what's revealed in the Word. And by doing so, we're conformed to the image of Christ. Look here at 1 John 1. 1 John chapter 1. Oh, hallelujah. 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, very often that is, that is just used in the context of, you know, if you make a mistake, you just keep walking in the light, and the blood of Jesus cleanses you. But the key is walking in the light. And, and that word walk is to conduct our life. I'm conducting my life in the light. Hallelujah. The man who keeps putting the truth into practice is able to do so because he keeps coming to the light. Tell your neighbor, say, just keep coming to the light. Keep to the light. Amen. And um, he desires that his practices conform to the truth that's revealed in the Word. I want my life to reflect the Word. I want my life to reflect what I see in the Word. The only way I, I get that is to keep coming to the light. The, 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 light. The, the word walk, we talked about that. It's, it's, it means to regulate one's life. 
to pass one's life or to be occupied with, to regulate one's life or to pass one's life, to be occupied with. What, what occupies your time will determine the results that you're receiving. Amen. You have to go to the Word and keep digging. Right? Remember when Brother Jerry was here? He was talking about the air pump, and you just keep pumping. Pump a little while, and the tire's still flat. What's the issue? You're not getting the results you want. What do I got to do? Pump a little more. Right? Keep pumping. Because that's where a lot of people make a mistake. Why? I, I said it. I receive it. I believe I receive it. That's it. Okay? That's right. But now you got to walk it out. Now, now you gotta, now you got to show that you believe you received. Is that right? Oh, hallelujah. Brother Hagin made a statement. He said, if you're not getting the results that you desire, it's because you've let the Word depart from in front of your eyes. Hallelujah. That can be challenging. But see, it's God's Word, which is God's desire, but God is not in charge of whether it comes to pass in my life. I am. He, he, said, he said, my son, don't let my words depart from in front of your eyes. But you shall meditate therein day and night. What has God promised? What has God said? See, it's not enough just to say, well, that, that's taken care of. I, I got that. I've got a promise. Well, you might have a promise, but, but where's this giving yourself to it? Where, see, because you can talk to people that have a promise, and yet when you talk to them, they seem to be occupied with something other than the promise. Have you ever talked to somebody that you, know, you knew was going through whatever? And it was a bad situation, but when you talked to them, it was like they weren't going through anything because they're occupied with something else. Right? What, what's the Bible say? You remember in Philippians, it says, Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with, with thanksgiving. Present your request to God and, 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 and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. So ever what you're going through, if I have the peace of God that is guarding my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus, somebody can come and talk to me and it's like I'm not going through anything. Amen. Is that right? How does that come? Being occupied with the truth. What did the truth say? What did the truth say? Now, Pastor, I'm, re I'm really dealing with this in my finances. What's the truth say? The truth says God will supply all of your need according to His riches and glory. The truth says you have given, so it's going to be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. The truth says you'll have all sufficiency in all things, and you will abound to every good work because God will minister seed to the sower. Amen. Now, see, that seems elementary. But there are people you know and I know, they are occupied with the challenge. That has their attention. 
If your problem has your attention, the devil has your attention. I just can't get it out of my mind. No, you're not trying to get it out of your mind. Your mind is your mind. If you can't cast down imaginations, why did the Bible tell you to? Right? Is that right? Oh, Pastor, you don't understand. No, I do understand. And here's the thing. Even if I didn't understand, it wouldn't change what the Word said. Even if I don't understand it, there's still things that you're supposed to do in the Word that I'm supposed to do in the Word. I've had people tell me, you just can't live a life with no care. Well, Jesus said you could. Jesus said, don't be anxious about anything. Is that right? Hmm. So if I'm anxious, who's got my attention? Devil. I got to be occupied with the word. I got to be, that's that, right? I've got to pass my life with the word. Amen. I'm almost done, I think. Look at 2 Corinthians 3. This is important. Ah, probably so. Hopefully I can get done here. But you can come back another time, right? Amen. We always got good stuff here. We're going to be ministering tonight on the effectual door of the Lord's open. But 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18 uh, let's read this. We'll read this from the Amplified Bible. It says, All of us, as with unveiled face, because we continued to behold in the Word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured into His very own image in ever-increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Notice this. Continued to behold in the Word continued to look into the truth. We Notice, he said, it's because we continued to behold in the Word of God. Mm. The truth not only makes you free, the truth transforms you. The truth changes you. In, in other words, you literally become what you see in the truth. But I have to give my mind to it. I have to pass my life. i got to be occupied with it. Right? That's why when you hear believers, they say, well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. They're not occupied with the fact that they're a new creature. Because you can't be a new creature and be the old you. The old dead you was a sinner. The new live you is a saint and a child of God. Right? See, that's, that's the building blocks. Well, you know, Pastor, I got that. Okay, well, if you got that, then you understand how you got it. And that's how you get everything. Doesn't change. If I got healed by the Word, I, I can be prosperous by the Word. If God healed me last time by the Word... That's how God's going to heal me this time. If God took me out of the last situation by the word, that's how he's going to do it now. 
Hallelujah. See, what I see in the truth is what I can become. Hallelujah. That settles the issue. I see me as healed. I see me as prosperous. I see me as overcoming. I see me with a peaceful home, peaceful family. Yeah, but my children are just causing all kinds of problems. But the Bible says that you will not labor in vain nor bring forth children for trouble. My children are not troublesome. They are not trouble to me and my wife. Yeah, but I know I know good and well what's going on with some of those people's kids. Yeah, but that doesn't change what they're supposed to be saying. What you know doesn't change what I know. Amen. Right? Hallelujah. What what did the word say? That's elementary. But that's what changes things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You need, you need to go to the Father and say, Father, I don't, I don't, I don't give myself. I don't, I don't have an estimation of my child from the natural. Father, I don't have, I don't estimate them just from the natural. I don't look at them just from a natural perspective. I look at them as what your word says they are. Is that right? Mm, glory. Hallelujah. Do you see that? And, and let, let me try to finish with this. The enemy, the enemy works with guilt and shame. And we know that. I can't tell you the number of parents I've talked to. They'll come talk to me about their child. And they'll go, now we brought them up right. Why do you guys say that? Whether you did or not, you're relevant. We're dealing with now. Not then. And, and I've, I've had people just say, well, you know, I just didn't know any better. Then why are you beating yourself up? You didn't know any better. If you don't know better, can you do better? No, you can't. If you don't know better, you can't do better. Right? But once I know, I can. Is that right? Amen. Hallelujah. But here's, here's the point. So somebody will come and they'll say, I just, I, I, I just, I just. And then they'll say, I, now I raised my child right, okay? And now they're about to tell me how that child's going against everything they raised him to do. What's the word say about you training up your child in the way that they should go? It says what? When they are old, they'll not depart from it. Scripture, the Hebrew Scripture, the Hebraic equation there, is even when they are older, they'll not depart from it. Now that, that doesn't mean, see, if, if your children are in, in church serving the Lord, that doesn't mean that they got to go away from God. And when they get old, they'll come back. It means the Word will keep them, and even when they're old, they won't depart from it. But here's what it also means. 
It means that if you trained them up right, even if it's when they're older, they're coming back. Is that what the Word says? Uh, that, 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 that is real quiet. That's kind of weak. Is that what the Word says? Yes. How, how about this? Was the, what, do you think that the uh, Philippian jailer was uh, 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 familiar with the Word at all? No. Probably an outer worshiper, right? But there's an earthquake. All the doors open. Everybody's bonds are loosed. And he rushed in and called for a light. Is that right? And Paul said, we're all here. And he got on his knees. He said, what do I have to do to be saved? Is that right? What Paul say? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. And your household. Is that what it said? Are you saved? So what's the next thing? Are you saved? What's the next thing? Th think about this. My body is a male body. So that means my head is male. My hands are male. They're hands, but they're male hands. Not female hands. <laughs> right? If the head gets saved, the body's going to get saved. Us dads, we're the head of our household. I'm saved. You, you shouldn't be afraid to look at your children and say, you don't have a choice. You're going to live for God. Well, I'm not going to live for God. Oh, yes. Yes, you are, because I'm not going to stop living for God. Stop me from praying for you. I've had children tell me, well, I don't believe what you, I don't believe what you believe. Okay. <laughs> Yet. I'm serious. Let me share this with you as I'm closing with this. There was a few years ago, one of my children tried to commit suicide six times. And it just seemed like it was on a Wednesday night, Wednesday afternoon, every time. People say, what did you do? We got her situated, and I came to church and preached. Well, how could you do that? Because I wasn't looking at what was going on. The Bible says great will be the peace of my children. Well, weren't you ashamed? What am I ashamed of? Why should I be ashamed? I've trained them up. You understand what I mean? Who's in charge of saving your children? Can you save them? Do you have the power? Do you have the ability? What's your job? Believe the one that can. Is that right? Is he right now saving your children? Are your children coming into the kingdom? Yes. I was praying one day, and boy, I was going at it. I was just praying. I was praying for my children. I was praying for one in particular, and I was just praying, and I was earnest, earnest. And the Lord came to me, and he said, Philip, what's my job? I said, save my children. 
He said, what's your job? I said, believe you. He said, leave it at that. I know everybody in here loves your family. And you love your kids. You love your grandkids. But listen to me. You don't go to bed every night concerned about your unsaved next-door neighbor. Do you? No. Why would you go to bed every night concerned about your unsaved child? Yeah, but they're my children. Right, and they're just like your neighbor. They got to make their own personal choice to serve Jesus. It's not your responsibility to make sure they serve Jesus. It's your responsibility to do what the Word says. Stay with the Word. If you could save them, you'd have already saved them. Right? Stay with the Word. Because this is the year. The Lord said, this is the year I'm going to work in your families. This is the year. And you're seeing some things that looks like they're going south. I'm telling you, the devil paints a picture right now. God's at work. He is contending with those that contend with you, and he's saving your children. You do whatever you want to do with that, but I'm telling you, before the year's over, we're going to see some of your kids, some of your grandkids in this church praising and worshiping God. We're going to see it. Just start saving the seats right now because they're coming. Amen. Let's stand up today. Praise the Lord. I believe you have received. Hallelujah. Tonight at 6 o'clock, we'll be back with another great service, another great message. The Lord's blessing us. Amen. You're excited about what God's doing. Good to see everybody today. God bless you. Amen. Are you ready? Come on, say it with me this morning. The vision of our church will always be to build people's faith and frame their world by the Word of God. You and I will always be world changers. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at main at buildfaith.net. This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God.